0: Thank you for joining the Dr. Whisper. I am your host, Sharon Feckety, and I am happy to bring you a show where we talk about the business of medicine. I hope that you enjoy it. Please feel free to share, subscribe, and pass it on. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm very happy today to bring you a, a very easy name to say. So that's the first thing I'm happy about. It's Trisha Talbot. I don't think I could screw that up. Am I right there, Tricia? That is correct. All right, perfect. Trisha is the owner of Doc Properties, and uh, nothing makes me happier than anybody that's advising doctors to own a property, um, to set themselves up for success for, I don't know, like retirement, the future, <laughs> a legacy. So I'm very happy to have this conversation today.
1: Tricia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. So why don't you go ahead
1: and just give the audience a little background on who you are? I think you're in Arizona, right? I am. I'm based in Arizona and I have been uh, working in healthcare real estate, which is uh, just a fancy way of saying commercial real estate in an, the office sector That where medical office is a subsector, but I like to just make it easy and call it healthcare real estate because that's where I spend all of my time. Uh, so I started at an in-house developing in, uh, in-house leasing department at a developer that just developed medical office buildings and then from there went into third- party brokerage um, and then started in investment sales and in investment sales, I really help um, physician owners with their properties. Um, so I, I help them they usually come to me when they when they want to sell, uh, their property, and then I help them clean their property up and get it uh, put on the market to where the uh, you know the capital markets and the and the investors in the asset class will um, you know pay them the value that it's worth.
0: So I have run medical offices in the past, and I uh, remember working for a practice that rented both locations. Mm-hmm. And I was constantly encouraging them to purchase a building. They had been in practice for decades. Mm-hmm. And um they own now i 'm very happy to to tell you that, but um I think that there is a a very special market for you <laughs> working with doctors <laughs> um, because you know it, it's ha- it 's hard to understand real estate and and commercial real estate and um, residential real estate are two different animals, and then healthcare and renting and investing is all um, so vastly different so I, uh, you know, I know that you know doctors are great at saving people's lives, and navigating through business isn't always their strength, and that's okay. We want them to focus on saving our lives. So, what has it been like for you, Tricia, to work uh, in the healthcare space and and helping them with their real estate ventures?
1: Well, you know they they are they're super busy, and their days are usually maxed. Um, And I would say that if in what they're doing, you know, at the end of their day, they're probably mentally and or physically exhausted. Mm -hmm. And the thought to come home and then have to do a part time job of managing real estate, or, you know, sifting through a ton of information to try to make sense of it to get to a decision. For me, that would be that would not bring me joy. So I sort of think of it that way, where I try to, you know, spend my day working through some issues, problems, information, get it organized, synthesized so that if they, you know, now there are decisions that have to be made. And a lot of them are, you know, good during the day, you know, texting, but some can't. I mean, if you're in a, in a case in a surgery, you can't communicate with people. Well, you shouldn't be communicating. Right. (laughs) So, um, so, you know, I try to make it easy where at the end of their day, when they open up an email, it's not like, you know, it, it's not a term paper where they have to sift through a bunch of information. It's really organized. And this is, you know, this is the decision you have to make. This is a conversation we need to have. It'll probably be about 30 minutes. Let me know when you're available. You know, just, you know, really sort of dial it in so that they can, they can make decisions pretty quickly. And, um, and they're, they, they are a highly intelligent group, so you can't just, you know, if you give them partial information, they're going to ask you more questions. So, you know, in my, now, you know, at this point in my career, I can anticipate a lot of what they're going to ask. I try not to leave things open-ended or any loose loose ends because by the time they ask me their 20 questions and then get to the end of their next day to, you know, to answer them, then they, you know, it it just keeps this the cycle going. So I, I try to, to uh, be as comprehensive and succinct as possible to help them, you know, with this immense, um, you know, commercial real estate, owning your own, finding a property, all of that, you know, it's not rocket science, but the people that you need to interact with are usually available during the day from, you know, eight to five. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of information and making mistakes is very expensive. So I tried to take all of those into account and in that, you know, some are sophisticated, some can be sophisticated in business. It's just, do you want to spend, do you want to have a part-time job by not hiring some professionals to do some legwork for you, some heavy lifting, some problem solving on your behalf mm. while you're doing your day job?
0: Story of my life. Okay,
1: so um,
0: I have in mind right now a few doctors, one in particular that's standing out, who is looking for a commercial property. He wants to expand his practice. And when I ask, because certain things I don't get involved in, um, I I restructure practices and I consult and I do social media marketing um, with my media company. And I don't always get involved unless they ask but I can't help it sometimes to say like, so, all right, well, who's helping you locate this property? <laughs> my mom is in, was in real estate. That is a very, very typical answer. Or my wife does real estate or my sister or my nephew. It's very um, ancestral. <laughs> and, and listen, I understand the, a lot of times the physicians want to work with people that they can trust, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're working with people who understand how complex it can be. Um, And also I I would assume, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you would have um, relationships with banks that could do loans and maybe help them in a way that they didn't know was possible. Because when I hear like a physician working would say, not to throw Bank of America under the bus, but a large conglomerate that doesn't necessarily always help that um, small business owner with uh, a new property. I I, I know that there's great relationship uh, building going on within your sector of business. So can you expand upon that a little bit?
1: yeah and it's not just so so banks are one avenue, but there's um there's j v partners there's um other capital sources depending on the size of the project that specifically focus on the medical office asset class and they're they're they look at they're national but they you know they'll they are in a lot of markets and um so depending on the size depending you know I think a lot of this, let me back up because I think a, a lot of this starts like what you're saying with you know, my brother, sister, uncle, whoever that's in real estate. I think people tend to think that real estate is easy and, um, and that pretty much anybody can do it and and that they can save a lot of money. And I would say the brokerage fees that, that get paid, um, they definitely make themselves up in the amount of, I would say- money that you might leave on the table by not knowing the market, not knowing Mm -hmm. the comps, not knowing where, you know, deal flow and deal term um, deal points are are being negotiated. And, um, and then (laughs) uh, so, so they think they're saving money and they, they, they tend to not, they'll, they'll leave money on the table, in fact. And if you go into a negotiation, not knowing comps, and this is where, you know, they, they're like, well, you know, my whoever does residential or even, you know, even other asset classes. But if you don't know where lease rates, um, cap rates, if you if you haven't been, you know, if you don't know how strong the medical office market is, you know, you could either leave money on the table by not asking enough for your property or leaving money um, on the table by paying too much for a property. And so you really need to know what the market dictates, you know, d- dictates. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and I don't think you say, and you definitely don't save time because then there's nobody representing you doing all this work. The title company is asking you questions everybody, like all of these people start asking you all of these questions. And then you have to be like, okay, this isn't what I'm used to really having conversations about. I need to really understand what you're saying. And then I don't even really know how to answer this. So, you know, um, all of that starts to go along.
0: We interrupt this awesome podcast to share with you about our sponsor, Thai Technology. Thai Technology was founded with the thought that every customer deserves exceptional customer services. So if you know of any company that has a phone system where the auto attendant doesn't really sound good, you press one and you think you're going to go to a live person, but you end up with a broken recording... It's probably time that you call Thai technology. And if you mention this podcast, you will get the first three months for free, so make sure you mention the doctor for a podcast show.
1: Check them out. So there's architects that specialize in, in medical. Mm-hmm um, real estate and healthcare, real estate, there's contractors. You do not want somebody that has never built a medical office building to build it. Right.
0: Um,
1: there is too much plumbing. Some have, um, the first thing money. I thought
0: I was sinks. so I was like mm-hmm. plumbing, <laughs> upgraded
1: electrical, you know, yeah. if you're doing any sort of procedures and you need a backup generator, I mean, there are just some infrastructure so things mm-hmm. that you, you don't want to guess. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: you know, if you're building a building, you have to know uh, what the, you know, what ADA requirements are for for certain medical buildings. You have to know the parking requirements for that municipality. I mean, there's just a lot of information to know. Um, but there, and, you know, getting with somebody that's sort of in that um, tribe, more or less, mm-hmm. you know, you can really make your life a lot easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um- so what does it look like now since the, the pandemic? I mean, I myself, um, I'm in a, a well-building. Um, I know that there's a lot of, well, there's a, there's a lot of movement here in Tampa Bay towards uh, living and working in a healthier environment, which is, you know, great. Um, I'm wondering if the well-building standards have made it into these commercial um, properties for, for healthcare. And I'm also wondering if, um, if there's been a lot of space that they no longer need because of the, the shift and the change in healthcare with telehealth, like what, what have you seen are some of the the trends today?
1: Sure. Yeah. You've, you've covered a lot, but I'll, I'll try to remember everything and start from the beginning. So, um, So well buildings. or well, so the market, the market for, for healthcare, real estate has remained strong during the pandemic. um, You know, I had buildings that fell out right when, you know, in March, but then they came back um, even though it took us a couple of years and counting to, to get out of it. But uh, during what I, have, you know, during the pandemic, about 95% of rents were, were paid because you know, a lot of these practices qualified for the PPP loans, um, and they needed the office. To, I mean, they had to go to an office. I mean, that is the 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 value of medical office real estate to the investment community is that these tenants, um, you know, it's it's demand driven, mission critical spaces. And to your point regarding telehealth, I think telehealth has been a has been something beneficial that has come out of COVID. I do not see it replacing. Um, In office visits, if you need a physical exam, if you obviously need a procedure or a surgery and you can't do that through telehealth, do I think it's really good at maybe a pre or post op sort of check in, maybe by a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant to sort of, you know, start the process or just check in with a patient, depending on, you know, what it is. You know, they can start having a conversation and then order some tests and then schedule an appointment with the doctor after the doctor you know has been able to review those. So I think there's a definite benefit and way that practices can leverage telehealth in order to make their practice more efficient, um, make the doctor's time more efficient. Um, and I think for behavioral health and rural communities, you know, for behavioral health and like I said, the, the um, pre and post-op, uh, meetings, I think it gives them access to care that they didn't have before that they had to drive hours for. And, you know, they might have a conversation with one doctor just to say, Hey, you know what, I'm not the right person for you. And then they drove like an hour. to, get to that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, so I, I think that there's definite ways. And I do, I do see like, there'll be like big telehealth rooms probably being built, but I don't see, um, I was asked this question recently. I don't see space shrinking as a result of telehealth.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, but I'm wondering, have, have you seen more with the architects that you've been working with kind of creating these uh, more natural spaces, uh, considering more air quality within the properties because of what we've endured within the pandemic?
1: Well, again, it's gonna be so, you know, as new buildings come out of the ground, I think the, all of those considerations are gonna be for, for any building. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I see there being no more handles on, you know, like mm-hmm. very touchless. Um, yeah. you know, but it's all gonna come at a cost. And then, but as it, as we get further, as as newer and more mass and um, you know, supply comes on the market, then you know, it's called you know, a flight to quality, and then the ones, the, the older buildings will either have to retrofit in some way, or, you know, they'll just, what they'll end up doing is charging less rent, and the people who want super cheap rent go to old buildings, and then the people that want, um, that need newer build, newer buildings with all of those benefits, and it will also depend on the practice, so, and in the, in the patients that they are, you know, are treating, too. I mean, I would say probably cancer patients dialysis patients you know they will probably need to be in those more you know well built buildings mm-hmm. just because their immune systems um mm-hmm. so and you'll see some like so these new hospitals that are coming out of the ground i mean they're they're phenomenal in, mm-hmm. in what they're doing with technology and and efficiency and um you know, clean areas, touchless, everything. I mean, it's, it's fantastic.
0: Let's get rid of the lab lighting inside of all of these practices, right? I mean, if we have to see another ballast flashing to endure somebody having a seizure in the waiting room, I'm going to go out of my mind. I think that there is, there's great movement. There's, you know, circadian lighting and um, uh, smart technology that's woven into healthcare today is really, really phenomenal. So um you know, for me too, like, you know, when I help a doctor, you can find a location, it all depends. Like I would much prefer to work with um, a physician from the, the, the start before the building is built than to come in and clean up the mess that has been made for many, many years. And one of the things that I always ask them to identify, um, well, first, I, I always want them to work with somebody like you. So that is first. <laughs> Because I do believe like I'm really bad at accounting. So I have an accountant. I'm really like, I have a bookkeeper. I have a digital media specialist, all the things I suck at, I hire. Okay. Yes. And then I save money and I don't waste any time. And that's just, you know, having um, the, the, the understanding that you have to really put your time where you're best suited. And I think that when a doctor or a physician practice is looking to either expand or to purchase something new, they really have to consider the demographic, they have to consider um, a referral base, you know, it's always great to move into an area, if you're an integrative medicine physician, where there might be a Trader Joe's, or there might be, you know, a fresh market, um, you know, some gyms surrounding it, because that's, Uh, they're down with the philosophy of the practice. So do you get involved with that a lot too? Because I don't think that that's considered enough in terms of of finding a location that suits them best because it's not always about price, right?
1: It's not always about price. And tenant mix is super important. I used to do a lot of pre-leasing and um, for ground up developments and and getting a tenant mix that supports each other is, is incredibly important. But like you said, you know, it, it, it depends on so many things. I mean, it depends on, are you taking insurance? Um, And then what the reimbursements are, or, you know, are you taking Medicare, Medicaid, Um, you know, all of these, all of this factors into the business of how much revenue that, that practice can generate in, in that location. And um, you know, obviously some bigger companies, they, they have different data analytics, but for the most part, you know, your budget for your office space comes out of, you know, the total overhead that you have budgeted for a certain practice. Mm. Um, I see. So, you know, there, there's a lot of consolidation going on. There's a lot of practices being purchased by hospitals. If you're purchased by a hospital, you're likely to end up in, if you don't, you know, you'll likely end up in a building owned by the hospital or on a Mm -hmm. hospital campus. Um, or, you know, if, if a hospital has a concentration of practices in a, in a community, they'll, they'll try to put you there. Private practice physicians, it's all over the board. You know, they um, sometimes they like to be in a building with certain um, tenants. Like, for instance, I have a, a primary care just for women type of practice, and they want to be near um, a women's center that does imaging for mammograms and that sort of thing because it's easy for their patients, right? Um, Some wanna be sort more in a quasi retail. They call it med tail location. They want visibility. They want their patients to be able to park and walk in. They don't want them to have to go into a lobby, go up an elevator and to find them. They wanna be right there. So for private practice physicians, I would say it depends a lot. Um, And then it also depends on what the inventory available is.
0: Yeah. Well, I am going to say to everybody that's listening, all you doctors that are thinking of expanding or um, purchasing a new location, find a professional like Trisha Talbot to help you because you need experts to guide you in this. This is a big investment. You know, real estate is such a big investment. And um, when you have landlord representation, when you have someone who's uh, well-versed with corporate representation um, and experience with strategies that understands the market, that understands the demographic, you can just get back to doing what you do best and that's the impatience, right? (laughs) So thank you so much for being here today, Tricia.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: So don't forget, if you mention that you've seen the show or listen to it on the podcast, mention Thai Technology and you will get three months for free. They're the best.